Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Trigger warning, suicide is mentioned in this podcast. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today I'm here with CA. CA Gibbs is the author of the memoir, The Picture Wall, one woman's story of being his, her, their mother. And I'll have that linked up in the show notes for anybody that wants to grab a copy. Ms. Gibbs is the proud mother of two adult children. Motherhood for her has been defined by the autism, transgenderism, and mental illness experienced by her oldest child. Well, you know, I have a mental illness too. So, (laughs) and my uh, oldest daughter was recently uh, diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder, just like me. So it's been a journey. Uh, (laughs) Ms. Gibbs is also a writer, transcriptionist, former elementary school teacher. Oh, bless you. Bless you. (laughs) (laughs) Wife, daughter, sister, friend, and proud dog mom to a rambunctious golden retriever. She and her husband are enjoying their empty nest, joyfully celebrating those times when the kids come home and fill the house with noise and laughter. While Ms. Gibbs takes her work seriously, she relaxes when she camps, plays board games, visits with her friends over coffee, and gets to binge watch crime dramas. Ooh, crime dramas are not my thing. They're just too serious for me. (laughs) I need light, fluffy things. That's how I roll. For a while, my kids, when they were teenagers, were like, are you okay, mom? I have a lot of friends, well, a lot of social media friends who love crime dramas and, or even like crime podcasts, like they love them. And I'm just like, not my jam, not mine. Well, and it's funny because it's not my typical persona. So it surprises a lot of people when they hear that. I mean, you like Breaking Bad? What? (laughs) My husband loves Breaking Bad. We tried, I tried watching like three, I got to like three or four episodes. I'm like, no, this is not me. I was like, you can watch it all you want. Not for me. I could watch The Sopranos over and over and over again. (laughs) See, we're like, my favorite show right now is Schitt's Creek. I've watched it like three times. Love Schitt's Creek. Such a good show. I tried it once, got a couple episodes in, thought, oh, this is stupid. But then when I really got into it, love it. That's how I was. The first couple episodes, I'm like, I don't see the big deal. But then after that, I was like hooked. And it just, it's such good. And, and, you know, Dan Levy, I follow him on Twitter. I I follow him on Instagram. He is just a genuine human being. I love him so much. Well, and this is sort of a segue into what we're going to talk about, but by the end, when they have just a genuine loving relationship, that's gay, it was just so heartwarming, you know, normalizing that they were married and they were in love. And it was really, that was just a great storyline there. That's what I love most about Schitt's Creek is it's like, it's normalized, right? There's like no right. drama about people being gay. Right. There's no like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're gay. It was just normalized. Like, you know, I, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. want to go into it because I don't want spoilers for people, but like, right. it, it was, it that was my favorite part. It was, there was no big deal. There was no exactly. drama around people being gay. It just was. It just was. And that's, real life really so yeah yeah 
that's how it should be. <laughs> or how it should be. Exactly. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't say there wasn't drama in our life, but oh yeah. Oh my gosh. So I would like to kick it off with share with us your journey with your oldest child. Like how, you know, this in your bio, you talk about that. You also talk about, you wrote a memoir about it. So what was that journey like? Um, it was hard. I mean, I'll just start off with that. Raising this kid who I've named Matthew as a boy and Tamara as a girl um, in the book, my mom called it at one point, the Matthew Project. And I, I just kind of hung on to that because it's so true. Raising Matthew, Tamara, was a huge, huge project. It was hard from the get-go. And when I wrote my book, it's in three, um, three acts, basically. And that's why the title has being his, her, their mother. When I was his mother through childhood, uh, well, started with, I had a really serious life-threatening illness in my 20s. And um, we thought I wouldn't be able to have children. Eventually, obviously, I got pregnant, yeah. had um, Matthew. And not an easy baby, could mm. not be satisfied, didn't sleep. And, you know, everybody says their baby doesn't sleep. This baby did not sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, uh, pre- he was, was premature, uh, would feed, you try, try and feed and barely get anything down and then would wear themselves out and himself out and... Um, then fall asleep. And 20 minutes later, we were at it again. And this went on and on. So a very difficult babyhood, eventually grew out a lot of that. But as we moved into toddlerhood, um, lots of meltdowns, just massive. And they weren't temper tantrums. They were frustration meltdowns. Mm. Nothing in the world seemed to work for Matthew. Can I stop for just a second and yes, say absolutely. my pronouns may be all over the place. Yeah. Um, this child now goes by they and them and there, and I'm finally adapted to that. So now when I look back, instead of saying he and him, I, I switch back and forth. So I completely understand. I, I don't want to confuse listeners when they hear they, them, who is she talking about? No, I understand <laughs> my, uh, nibbling. So that is the, um, non-binary term for niece or nephew. Uh, oh, oh is, I didn't know that. Non-binary. Yeah. So you'll learn something new. Cause I, I, mm-hmm. when they came, they told me that they were non-binary. I was like, how do I, I can't, I can't say niece or nephew. Like those are gendered and what I, and they're like, well, let's look it up. And so we Googled it and nibbling is the, cause it's like uh niece nephew, but sib- like with siblings. So they just took <laughs> off the S and added an N. And so my nibbling is non-binary and I, um, I have adapted to their pronouns, but if I were to have to try to like change, <laughs> I know very confusing because I wouldn't, you know, so it, yeah, because it takes a little, a uh, little effort on our, our, our behalf to, um, you know, adapt to those pronouns and, and use them correctly. So, oh, and my poor mom, <laughs> she just, you know, what talk about they, she's like, wait a minute, who are you? Ta- is it both of them? Or, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, we stop and I have to go, no, it's tomorrow. <laughs> so, you know? Tamara is their preferred name. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Um, yeah, I'll get into that. Let's go back. So we had the whole childhood with (laughs) Matthew and, um, the top, like I said, the toddler years were really difficult just, and as we moved into elementary years, the tantra or the meltdowns continued and there was lots of things going on with social interaction and things eventually, and I kept going to doctors all the way from the age of three on, um, you know, something's not quite right here. Development Mm -hmm. is happening, but it's happening in these odd ways, not in a linear like we expect. And I kept hearing, oh, lots of kids go through and you can fill in the blank. But I'm like, yes, we're going through that, but it's like ramped on steroids. Right. Um, So in the elementary years, eventually we did get a diagnosis of autism or at the time called Asperger's. It's been changed since then. Um, I think Asperger's kind of fills us in better on what, what is going on. I think they changed it to two separate things. Maybe they, they they threw Asperger's in the autism umbrella. Gotcha. Gotcha. So now you just say, oh, they have autism. Okay. I personally feel like if those of us moms who said it's Asperger's, that gives you a better, clearer picture of what's going on. Right. But they did change it in the DSM. So moved on through elementary with the Asperger's. I guess you'd call Matthew an odd duck. (laughs) He's sort of kind of kid. Um, Really fun, but also had moments that were really hard to manage because it wasn't a quote, typical development. Right. I got into, we got into adolescence and the kid became angry, sullen, Mm -hmm really um, much more withdrawn socially, all sorts of things. And it turns out later, I found out how bad the bullying was. I didn't know at the time, but lots of um, homophobic slurs thrown at them, even though they hadn't discovered that yet that they were homosexual. And um, really just one miserable adolescent, which made one miserable family. Yeah. We were walking on eggshells, and that's a term that's used in a book I'll discuss in a little bit later when we get down the road. The, so we moved on. Matthew graduated from high school, went on to a university, and a year and a half later, they came, well, they called dad, texted dad, and said, I want to come up and see you guys on Sunday. Now, to have made an appointment to come see us was just weird, you know? So we're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? (laughs) And no, I'll just talk to you Sunday. Well, my husband texted me at work saying, this is what's happened. And we're both perplexed and I get home from work. And I tell this story in my book because, and it's just so vivid in my memory. I'm driving into the driveway and my youngest kid, my daughter is driving into the driveway. She was a senior in high school and she, we're both pulling up and she's getting out, pulling out her backpack and all that. And I'm like, what did Matthew, what's wrong? What's going on with Matthew? (laughs) Why, why is he calling? Why does he want to come up? What's going on? And she just has this deer in the headlights look like, um, I have no idea. And she just, so she did what she does or did 
which was run right into her bedroom. And she texted Matthew, <clears throat> came out and we had errands to go run. So the three of us who were at home went and ran errands and I'm quizzing um, Anna, <clears throat> excuse me. What's going on? What's, what's, what's the deal? What's the deal? Well, not going to tell us because it's not my story to tell. Well, this is a kid who she and I were compadres. We, she always <laughs> outed anything that needed to be told to me. And so I tried quizzing her going around. Well, you know, was, and my big fear at the time was, I can't believe it now where we are now, but my big fear was, is he dropping out of school? It's not my story to tell. <laughs> I just, and I kept trying to like, I don't know, get it out of her. And she would not tell me. The next day, my husband, who also could not just wait till Sunday, this is like now Thursday, offers to get Matthew's tires changed to snow tires. And they can do that near where Matthew lived and where my husband worked and all that. So while they're together, my husband corners him. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Finally, he <clears throat> sucked it up and told dad, I'm transgender. So my husband, being the good husband he is, told me that night. And I just went to bed and cried. I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. It's really hard now to remember why it hit me that hard, but it did. And... Eventually, I got up because my husband's answer at the tire store was, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And my husband came in and said, you need to call him and tell him that you love him because he's terrified we're going to reject him. Yeah. And there's so many stories out there. And it turns out Matthew had done a lot of research and knew that a lot, a lot, a lot of people are abandoned by their parents. Mm -hmm. And it was terrified that was what we were going to do. And for us, we're like, why would you think that? But that is what he thought. And so I pulled myself out of bed, called him, told him, I love you. <laughs> you know, all is good. We'll see you Sunday. And the very first thing on Sunday when he came in the door um, I, I didn't even get him out of the hallway. The dog's running circles around his feet and I'm just <laughs> hugging and holding this six foot something young man or young person. And just said, I love you. I love you. No matter what, there's nothing you could do that I can think of that would make me stop loving you. And from there we had our evening and I go into more detail in the book, but just it was the most candid, loving conversation and honest conversation we'd ever had. Uh, I didn't mention this already, but this is the kid who as an infant and young child would not let me hug him. Um, just had an aversion to that kind of touch. And that's hard as a mother to yeah. not bond with your child that way. And here we were holding hands through our conversation and we always hugged now hello and goodbye and they're genuine hugs they're not oh please let go of me mom <laughs> <Hugs>. <laughs> um, um so we moved on um dear matthew became tomorrow and we adjusted to the name change and there was all of that uh she went on hormone therapy and so we 
have now this person growing breasts and the face thinned out and definitely much more. I couldn't see it when they were a boy, but boy, once it changed, I, you could really see really beautiful, beautiful young woman emerging. And so we went through this period, um, especially Anna and I, you know, we're women, we love being women and we're very feminine. Uh, so we were teaching Tamara all the tricks, how to shave your legs, how to put on makeup. And oh my gosh, some of these things were so cute. Um, Anna doing Tamara's hair and, you know, some silly and some fun. And, and there was one ponytail where I just about fell over. Both my husband and I were like, oh, she looks so much like Anna. <laughs> I mean, you've never seen that before, but this one hairstyle and the makeup, just, you could see the sibling relationship there. And that was fun, especially it was important for Anna and I. Um, and we moved along, but then Tamara would never wear the makeup in public, never really changed to feminine dressing, did go more androgynous. And I call that kind of, at the time I called it no man's land thinking, well, <laughs> they're just waiting. They're just waiting. Right. And it turned out, oh, I don't remember exactly, about a year and a half two years in, no, it must've been over two years into the journey. Um, Tamara announced that they were really non-binary, but identify more as female than male. Yeah. So when I write or anything about Tamara now, I identify them as transgender slash non-binary mm -hmm. because they have, they still have all the feminine characteristics and they prefer to be identified female if they're not going to be identified non-binary. Does that make any sense? Absolutely makes sense. Yes. It was all new to me. I mean, I have learned so much in the last four years um, and I've come a long, long ways. The middle of my book is really all about this story of me coming around, what it really meant to me. And I, and I give all the uh, the stories around that, like I just said, about the mm -hmm. makeup and the hair and, and that, and a lot of, not a lot of, some of Tamara's experiences and changes. But it's really about what I as a mother experienced. And I felt so alone in my experience. Mm. There's not a lot of other mothers out there who are going through what I went through. And you question is this a normal way to respond? Is this, am I being really awful? All these things, it was so isolating that by the time I had worked through it, it was, there was a story that needed to be out there for other women mm -hmm. who were going through it. No one should have to feel so alone in these feelings. And it's so validating the rare times when you find, oh my gosh, she <laughs> went through this. Oh my gosh, she felt like, you know, wonder, she was wondering what was really authentic in their life together and all these questions. So that's the heart of my story. And that's the heart of what I want to share with other women. Um, the third act in my book is when Chamara came out as non-binary. And okay, <laughs> uh, we went with it. I didn't really get it, but like with being transgender, I needed to um, come to terms with it and figure it out. Also along there, there was a suicide attempt. And in the course of the 
um, treatment therapy from that. Um, Tamara was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Reading about borderline personality disorder was a huge aha. It made, it's like the pieces just fell into place. Everything from the age of 13 on, now it made sense. And that's the walking on eggshells thing. The three of us, other three of us in the family, were constantly just trying to avoid these meltdowns, these <laughs> um, angry outbursts and all of that. So now the upshot of that is I have a 25-year-old who is non-binary, lives with borderline personality disorder, is getting really good counseling about how to manage that. We see a lot of growth and then a lot of backtracking, which I'm sure you can relate to having yep. um, bipolar. Yeah, you know, some, sometimes it's great. And sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm finally going to walk in the world of everyone else. And, yeah. then, and then there are periods where, you know, as parents, we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's really the gist of it. Um, but like I said, the heart of my story is trying to reach out to other people who feel alone yeah. in their it, experience. It's so important. Um, I featured a, another mom who um, has transgender children on the podcast, Carly, and I'll link her episode up in the show notes. And when you were talking about you were crying and you didn't know why, um, I thought about her episode and where she said that she was grieving who she thought they were, you know, it's like, exactly. Cause she had had this attachment to who she thought they were. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at the, well, my book is called the picture wall and there's a reason for that, but you look at all these things we did. And I think of, for example, going to the pool with the kids and I'd, we'd go with my brother who was also a teacher and, um, my nephew and the kids are playing happily in the pool. My brother and I are playing a game by the side of the pool. These are some of my happiest summer memories mm -hmm. and all the pictures, everybody looks like we're having a grand old time. And for me, I really held on to, Oh, wasn't that a great time? Well, I mentioned that once to Tamara and she said, well, I wasn't having fun. And I'm like, Oh, come on. Yes, you were. Well, no. And it turns out at that time, Tamara didn't want to be out there in a boy, boy's bathing suit. Mm -hmm. And Tamara saw the girls in the bikinis and it wasn't the lust for the girl that you would think an adolescent boy had. It was, I wish that were me. Yeah. So, you know, we have very different perspectives on the same event and there are many more examples of that. And that's what you, I found I was grieving for is I thought you were this, but that's not what was really going on. Yeah. And, and, and to clarify for people, because we talked about non-binary, there is a gender spectrum, right? On one end of the spectrum, there's female. On, one, on the other end, there's male. In the middle are people who don't quite identify as male or female. Right. Um, also called gender queer, gender non-conforming. Some will lean more towards feminine or towards masculine, but they don't feel completely like they're male or female. Um, right. So that's what I want people to understand about non-binary is they don't feel like they completely identify as male or female. 
Uh, or, or maybe they identify as both. Like there's so many. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's so many nuances <laughs> to it. <laughs> yeah. And Tamara just simply prefers not to be identified as male. Yeah. That's, but non-binary is really where they've landed. Yeah. It sounds like Tamara would be non-binary, but leaning more towards the feminine aspect. Exactly. And that's masculine. what they prefer. And when they originally came out as non-binary to us, or I don't even know it was coming out, but um, explained to us, this is where they were. They're like, if you have to use a pronoun, I prefer he, she. I really prefer they, them, and their, but if you can't get there, she is where I'd rather you land. So you know, and that was the case for a while. It took a while to readjust one more time. Yeah. You know, what I really love about your story is how like welcoming and open you were. And, and, and when I feature Carly, she was the same way, you know, welcoming and open about your child's experience, because like you mentioned, it's so missing. And I think when you are like, oh, there's not a lot of moms that are in this experience. I think there's more then you realize, but they don't accept it where you are very accepting of your child. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I won't, it was really easy to accept my child. I love my kid. I don't want right. to lose them. I, I love them so much. It was really me adapting to this new identity, theirs and mine. I am now the mother of someone who has always been different from everyone else, but now is even more different in a way that not everybody understands. So that was hard. We live in a small community and it was definitely like concentric circles. Come out to your closest people first. Oh, they did really well with this. I, my parents, I was so pleased. We were, that was a big deal. Uh, Tamara asked us or said we could tell my parents and it was right before Christmas and we go through this and they just, they handled it very, very well. And one of my dad's questions was, well, what name do we put on the presents? <gasps> and that's, that's so just, sweet. I know, I know. It, my dad just went right there. Okay. Now we've, we've changed gears. Let's, where do we go from here? Right. And because tomorrow came out to us the first week of November, we went through Thanksgiving, not having told anybody per their request. And it was, it was a nightmare. I tell the story in the book. Uh, for me, now that we knew the truth, I'm watching this person who really identifies as a woman at the time, um, pretend to be the same boy they'd always been. Yeah. And I had never realized how much we pigeonhole things into gender until yeah. that night. And that was so eye-opening for me. You know, oh, well, you guys are boys. You need to eat more of what this food is left. You're growing boys. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, tomorrow walks in. And at that point had grown their hair out quite long. And there was comment about, oh my gosh, your hair's so long. You're going to look like a girl. <laughs> you know stop. Yeah. Um, at that point tomorrow had told my husband and I about um, I hate having my picture taken it's just I've hated it well it explains all the scowls in the pictures yeah well we're at that Thanksgiving and my mom you know who knew nothing about what was going on it's like right oh I want a picture of you grandkids all together because they're not together that much anymore 
And I'm in my head going, oh, but she hates having her picture taken. And that whole night was just like that. And I'm watching my kid act. And I had never realized that to be Matthew was an act. Yeah. And so it was time in my head. It was time for the Matthew show to end. And I told them the next day because they came they were there the next day. It's our gingerbread house making day. Uh, I like, I can't do that again at Christmas. We yeah. can't. It's not right. It's not fair to you. Can I please tell the family? Fine, but will you do it? So that was why the next day, my husband and I went and made the rounds around town to tell different family members. And that was the first one was my parents. And like I said, they were amazing. Yeah. So that then we moved on to my brother and sister-in-law and my brother who was also the high school counselor and had spent a great deal of time with Matthew. Yeah. Uh, his response was, well, good for her. <laughs> like, what? I mean, nobody was seeing this like the huge big deal. I had seen it. And this started to ramp me down you know, help me come down from all these heightened emotions I'd had in the previous weeks. And so by Christmas, everybody knew and everybody just, we just moved on. And that was really delightful. That's and amazing. I don't remember what started that story. Now. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, my cousin, I, I can imagine you're probably around my mom's age. Don't tell us your age, but probably around okay. my mom's age. Um, and she had me really young. So probably. <laughs> and I was fairly old when I had. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like a good uh, 10 years older than your children, but my mom had me at like 18. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably yeah. Older um, than your mom. So your parents are probably around my, my mom's parents, like my grandparents age. And, and my cousin came out as transgender and my grandparents didn't do as well as your parents did. Oh. Um, to this day, they won't use uh, my cousin's preferred name. Oh. Um, they will say K um, as a shortened version because uh, my cousin transition from Kayla to Caleb okay we'll say K and they have a really hard time like even to and, and Caleb has been out <laughs> for like so my husband and I have been married for 10 years so in the very beginning of our marriage so like a decade um so to me it's unacceptable that they won't transition um to that and they still have a hard time when they talk about it so to me, it's amazing that your parents were just like, okay, what name do we put on the dad? I know, I know. I mean, I didn't expect them to, uh, I expected them to just accept it. Right. Because we are a family just completely immersed in love and acceptance in that we just move on. Right. You know, we love each other. We don't want to lose each other. So <laughs> that's that. But I didn't expect you know, okay, we're moving on. What name uh, goes on the gift? And yeah. Yeah. Cause their generation yeah. is, it's hard this, for them. This was not, this was not even like talked about it. And I don't want to say it wasn't a thing. It was a thing. There just wasn't a name. It You're wasn't right. talked about. So. Right. And that breaks my heart in itself. I know that now, and I don't even know the full story, but I do know how miserable and scared and isolated Tamara felt when they were hiding it. Um, 
to think that all the generations of people who've gone their whole lives living this, I don't want to say living a lie, but just living not true to themselves, that breaks my heart. Because it breaks my heart to think of those few years my own kid went through it. Right. They apparently were, and I tell this story in the, the book, and I managed to make it kind of funny because it sort of is, but Tamara had been hiding in, or Matthew had been hiding in his room wearing girls' clothes. You know, we'd come home and just put them on just to feel better. Well, it occurs to me, well, where the girls' clothes come from? Well, he had taken them from his sister. <laughs> now, <laughs> there's a couple pieces to this. First off, there was one day, and the day Tamara came out to us, or came up for dinner, and we all talked, this story, and suddenly it dawns on me, that morning where Anna and I were hunting for her bra, <laughs> there was this morning, and Anna wanted this particular bra to wear to school and could not find it. We looked in all the usual places. We looked in all the unusual places. Nothing. I mean, and we finally just came to the conclusion, oh, well, her friend who stayed the night must have thrown it in her bag. Well, <laughs> like, was that where that bra went? And Tamara <laughs> just gets this funny little grin that is just so mischievous. And it's like, well, yeah. And, I'm like, and yeah, couldn't have told us. I mean, you saw us running around the house. <laughs> and I was like, well, I wasn't exactly going to tell you, was I? <laughs> Why I had it. <laughs> it just is so funny now that there's that. Apparently, Tamara had also gotten off with a pair of jeans and a shirt, <laughs> which poor Anna, you know, her clothes are going missing. <clears throat> well, and I, I sit on that for a second and then I think, well, wait a minute. Anna is all of five foot one. Matthew was six foot one. <laughs> and Matthew had a boy's physique at the time and right. Anna's petite. I'm like, how did you get those clothes on? I mean, that must have, they couldn't have fit. And Tamara, again, that sly little grin says, well, I didn't say it was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess telling that story says, you know, there is levity in some of this. You know, it's just, it's family life. It's not always pretty and it's the way it is. Yeah. I just, uh, I just recently bought, I have uh, two nine-year-olds, an 11-year-old and an eight, well, almost 18-year-old. By the time this comes out, she will be 18. Uh, <laughs> holy crap, I feel old. Anyway. Oh, well, try having a 25 and a 22-year-old. Uh, I'll be there before I know it. Um, but yes, I, I just bought, I wanted to talk to my, we've always been a family where, um, you know, I've always talked openly with my kids about, you know, sex. Uh, as in biological sex, which again, people are like, oh, XXXY. And I'm like, no, there's a lot of variations mm -hmm. there. There's XXY. There's, there's all these different variations where you can't just say these are the boxes that people fit in because it's not true. There's intersex. And um, so we've always, we've always talked about these things like gender identity. Um, but I was like, my parents never talked to me about sex. Um, like I got my period and they were like, 
if you're going to have sex, have birth control, but just don't have sex. And I'm just like, as a teen mom, I had my daughter as a teenager. I'm like, that didn't quite work. And like all the sex education I took, it was like abstinence only and venereal diseases. It wasn't. (laughs) That's what it was when I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to teach my littles more about sex and I got them a book um, and I'll link it up in the show notes, but it, it goes over, it's really cute. It's like comic-y and it has all these different colored characters. And my young daughter's like, I don't, under, they're like crayon colored characters. And she's like, well, are the characters all different colors? I'm like, cause in real life, people are different colors. She's like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> but I love this book because not only does it doesn't like go into like how you have sex, but it talks about bodies and, but it also talks about gender identity And it talks about biological sex and it talks about intersex and it does it in a cute little way that children can understand it. And as much as we've talked about it before, I feel like my conversation with them is so mature that they miss little pieces. And after they Mm -hmm. read this, my daughter, they're twins. The nine-year-olds are twins had a question. She was like, I I was wondering about this or I wonder like that. And she was like, I'm really happy. They talked about gender identity um, and non-binary because Jaden, who is my nibbling, um, is non-binary and it's great. They don't, they talk about that. And I was like, oh my, this book is great. It teaches these kids. And, you know, I feel like if kids have that foundation growing up and I know it's not going to happen for everybody because there's transphobes and homophobes and all the phobes out there, but like, I feel like when they get older, it's not going to be a thing. Like, it's just going to be part of life. And isn't that wonderful? I mean, I'm watching this unfold too. And what that book is doing is what Schitt's Creek is also doing. It's normalizing what's really normal that we've kept hidden away or we keep pushing away. And it's become, it's out in the open now. This is the way the world is. And if you feel this way, identify with this little character in the book, yay, you know? And tomorrow, next week, you may say, well, that's not quite it. It might be this character, you know, I identify that way and it's all okay. And, you know, it takes a while to figure out where you fit on that spectrum as I now understand it. And... You know, my generation, like you, we didn't have a whole lot as far as education. But when I was coming of age, being gay was finally starting to normalize. Right. Still definitely the subject of many, many jokes. Excuse me. And if you go back and watch shows from the late 80s and early 90s, there's tons of jokes, especially transgender, you know, dressing yes. up in drag and that kind of thing. And they were funny at the time. They're not funny anymore. No. I can't even watch them. I turn them off. Um, so things obviously have changed, but we have to grow with that. And like I said, my generation was growing with, we were getting to know more gay people because they were coming out and it really didn't matter you know, these people were still really fun, funny, whatever people who were valuable in our life. And so that was the growth. I just simply had no context for transgender, nothing until my own child had read about it and realized that's it. That's what I'm going through. And I'm not like the only person in the world going through this thing. But for me, it just came crashing down one day. This person I love has been suffering, is suffering. Um, 
is not who I thought they were and I have to readjust all of that. Um, but it's becoming more normalized even in the last four years. And maybe it's because my ears were opened. Right. And that's entirely possible. Suddenly it did have meaning and relevance to my life. I think that's a big part of it. I'm hoping but it needs to be normalized. Yeah. I'm hoping when my littles who are nine become adults, this won't even have to be a conversation. Mm-hmm. It'll just be mm-hmm. like my preferred pronouns or my personal pronouns. That's what we're supposed to say now. Personal pronouns. Oh, they is keep it? Changing okay, it. Like stop changing it again. on me. I'm trying. I know it's uh, ever changing. I, I, I saw somebody share it and I was like, oh, that makes sense. But like, I'm so used to saying it like this. So I'm trying to change personal pronouns. We'll just be like, hi, my personal pronouns are they, them. And it won't be a big deal. Yeah. Or, you know, my, one of my kids can bring home, or my daughter could bring home her girlfriend and just be like, this is my girlfriend. And I'll be like, okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And actually that's easier than it seems. Tamara um, if, had a transgender girlfriend when they were both coming out as transgender female. And it wasn't really as weird as I thought it was going to be. You know, I liked her um, and just kind of welcomed her into the family. And that was the way it was. It wasn't nearly as awkward, you know, and they do little kisses across the table, that Aww. kind of thing, holding hands. And I was just so thrilled that Tamara had found love. Now they yeah. did break up eventually, but <laughs> it was really exciting because having been alone through all of adolescence, I was thrilled that she found someone to love. Right. So it was easier than I expected. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. And you know what? All I can think is when my grandchildren are, are growing up, like that is going to be even easier. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, and they will look back like, better. why? Why Why do you, would you guys think that there was just women and men, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, as we wrap up the podcast today, what would you like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? Um. I think I just want to leave everyone with the chance to think we can change, we can adapt, and it's all about love when it comes to our children. You have to just, and we all know that, we love them fiercely, and we need to understand them, respect them, and just love, love, and love some more. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. This was exciting. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.